Hello and welcome to Skin Theory, a podcast that gives you the tools and resources to achieve glowing skin from within. I'm your skin's BFF and holistic nutritionist, Carolyn. This is a safe space where we face acne with a holistic, comprehensive, and personalized approach. I am so grateful that you chose Skin Theory to immerse with me in all things skin, wellness, and personal growth. If you are ready to leave the acne story behind, then let's clear from within. This is the Skin Theory Podcast. Welcome back to the Skin Theory Podcast. We have a very special guest joining us today, Emily Dawson. Emily is a holistic nutritionist specializing in gastrointestinal health and digestive wellness. Through her own journey with IBS, Emily has become passionate about helping people get to the root cause of their digestive issues and regain their quality of life using herbs, nutrition, lifestyle changes, and functional labs. Emily specializes in digestive issues such as IBS, IBD, Candida, SIBO, GERD, and reflux, but she also helps clients overcome hormonal imbalances, low energy, burnout, autoimmunity, and so much more. Emily has personally supported me along my gut health journey from interpreting my GI map test to creating a personalized protocol for me. She is a wealth of knowledge and my absolute go-to for all things gut health and really creating a beautiful relationship. I know you are going to love the conversation today, especially if you are struggling with your skin and you feel like there may be some digestive issues going alongside that. Emily is going to really help get us started in the right direction and show us the best places to start. Welcome, Emily. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. So I think it would be cool to start out. I feel like, you know, it's always good to know how everyone gets started into health and wellness and maybe what led you to focus in gut health. Yeah. So my health and wellness journey, I feel like started when I was quite young because my mom was very ahead of her time, as I like to say, like we were eating avocado toast before avocado toast was cool back in the nineties. So my mom was always very into health and nutrition. So I feel like I had that in my ear growing up. And was really privy to like the importance of eating, you know, fruits and vegetables and nutritious food and all those things. Um, But what really led me down the path of, you know, working in gut health and actually studying holistic nutrition was my own digestive issues. So when I was in university, um, I went away to school. And as you do when you're away at college, you know, we were eating lots of cafeteria food and drinking alcohol and super stressed out studying for exams. And all the things that are kind of a recipe for disaster for digestive wellness. And I ended up developing really, really bad digestive issues. So I had chronic bloating, severe constipation, and honestly couldn't really eat anything without being uncomfortable. So as the years progressed, I eventually got diagnosed with IBS and no one could help me. My doctor was recommending things like Metamucil and trying probiotics and drinking more water and managing stress. But nothing was really working. So I, because I had this kind of background from my mom, decided to trial some things on my own. So I was going into health food stores and reading nutrition books and experimenting with changing my diet and taking different supplements and drinking different teas and all that kind of stuff. And I started to see some really radical changes. I will say like my digestion just really started to improve. And that's when I decided to go back to school. So I went to the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition 
where we learned about everything, including digestive health. And then after graduating from there, I ended up taking additional courses to specialize in gastrointestinal health. But my passion for this definitely started with my own digestive wellness and just actually seeing how much my life improved once I was able to get a handle on my IBS because it was ruining my life. Like I was not going to events. I was super uncomfortable. Couldn't go out for dinner. Just like, honestly, couldn't wear tight clothing, all of those things. And so being able to change that with nutrition and lifestyle supports and supplements was just so amazing. And so that's kind of why I went into this field. Yeah. And I know what really makes you stand out as a practitioner is like on top of your holistic nutrition schooling, you also have a lot of extra like schooling and that type of thing in specific to gut health, right? I do. Um, I love to learn and I definitely get a little bit obsessive with taking courses. So anytime there's any type of course available to me, especially in digestive health, I will take it. So I've definitely done a lot of additional studying with digestive wellness specifically, but other things too, but definitely gut health is my passion. I know that even from working with you personally, like getting on a call with you and talking about gut health, I'm always like, so, so impressed. Like you honestly break things down, like in such a um, approachable way, but you definitely have like that wealth of knowledge supporting you. So definitely really great. Oh, thank you. I feel like for me, one of my favorite parts about working with clients is when we do what I call a strategy session. And this is where we review all of their lab work. We compare it to their symptoms. And I explain like, this is the reason you're constipated. This is the reason why you have IBS. And I can just see this like huge wave of relief Mm -hmm. where clients are feeling like, okay, I'm not crazy. It's not in my head. Like there is something going on. And finally, after so many years, you have an answer. That's such a good feeling as a practitioner. Where it's like, yes, we're giving you the answers. (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy you highlighted that. I feel that for sure. Thank you. Um, As you know, on this podcast, we definitely focus on like skin health and acne, especially like inflammatory skin conditions. And we've talked about this many times, really like that clear association between gut problems and skin disorders. And many women and people who are experiencing inflammation in the gut will also experience systemic inflammation throughout the body. And in my practice, and I know as yours as well, oftentimes for women in their like teens, 20s, and 30s, it oftentimes presents as acne. Um, And in your practice, where do you see the most overlap between gut health and skin health? I feel like these two things are completely connected. I don't even think that we can consider skin health without considering gut health. Honestly, your skin is just a window into your gut. And I think as a society, we get so focused, myself included, you know, I used to have really bad acne before I knew about nutrition and gut health. And Mm -hmm. all I was doing was putting on topical products and trying to eat different foods. But what's going on in your skin is a reflection of what's happening in your gut. And there's so many different ways that the gut can impact the skin. But I definitely see a huge overlap with gut infections for sure. So whether it's H. pylori or just general dysbiosis, bacterial overgrowth, yeast overgrowth, parasites, these things will often present on the skin. And usually what's happening is those overgrowths or those infections are releasing toxins. And those toxins are quite inflammatory if you have leaky gut on top of that, then those toxins are being released into your bloodstream and it's causing that systemic inflammation that you referred to. 
And what ends up happening is, you know, you know this, but your skin is your body's largest detox organ. So immediately, if there's all these toxins circulating in the body, your body wants to get rid of those. It's going to push those through your skin. So when we have these infections that are chronically there and chronically producing toxins and causing inflammation, we see that on the skin. I also see a really big overlap with digestive insufficiency and Mm. skin issues as well. And what I mean by digestive insufficiency is not producing enough stomach acid, not producing enough digestive enzymes or enough bile to break down your food and absorb nutrients. And what happens there is we end up having nutrient deficiencies. So we're not absorbing those key minerals and vitamins that we need for healthy skin. So that's Mm. a really big connection. Um, you know, I feel like I could go on forever about this, but we also know that so many of our hormones are produced in the gut and acne specifically is often hormonal as well. So if we have some type of imbalance in the gut, we're going to see that then reflect in an imbalance with the hormones. And then we're going to see it with cystic acne or hormonal acne, things like that. So there's definitely a lot of connections, but I, you know, always with skin issues, I'm looking right at the gut for sure. Yeah. And where, what is it about this inflammation in the gut that really creates this like perfect storm for acne to thrive? I think you kind of already mentioned some of them, um, just with like the leaky gut and the systemic inflammation and like hormones, but anything else that really contributes to that acne? Well, leaky gut is actually not a root cause in and of itself. And I think a lot of people don't realize this, but leaky gut happens because there's inflammation, there's infections, something like that. So basically the perfect storm is we have poor digestion, which then leads to bacterial overgrowth or some type of infection in the gut. Mm -hmm. We then have those infections wreaking havoc on the lining of our gut, which creates more permeability. So the lining becomes leaky. And then these infections release toxins. The toxins get through the lining of the gut. They circulate in the bloodstream. The immune system freaks out. We've got all this inflammation and then it comes out on the skin. That's kind of like the progression in the perfect storm that I often see. Yeah. There's many more complications and everyone's super unique, but I think that is kind of like the perfect storm typically. Yeah. And then in so many cases where I feel like acne is maybe more of that like a thing that you want to address first, like you maybe don't even have any gut symptoms. Like especially someone maybe like in their teens or 20s and like they are just presenting with acne. They may not even notice a ton of digestive complaints at that point. Um, And then oftentimes acne is really treated in in this external way or so you're not even addressing the gut problem or um, if you are, then if you're addressing acne, oftentimes things like the birth control pill or like antibiotics (laughs) which we know just like can wreak havoc on gut health. Are you seeing a lot of women in your practice with a history of these two medications for acne? Definitely. Um, Accutane is a really big one. So Mm -hmm. I see a lot of, you know, people in general, not just women who have taken Accutane, it worked for them. And then years later, they end up developing something like a yeast overgrowth or bacterial Mm -hmm. overgrowth. And then that contributes to acne recurring. So I've definitely seen that a lot. Um, what I also noticed with these medications is that they can be really harsh on the liver. And we know with Accutane specifically, 
it's very hard on your liver. Like there's a reason they tell you, you can't have a drop of alcohol when you're on Accutane, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's a lot for your liver to metabolize and your liver plays a huge role in not only detoxification, but also digestion. It produces bile. Bile is how we move toxins out of the bowel. It's how we support healthy bowel movements. So what I often see is that the liver is actually sluggish and then Mm -hmm. this can then contribute to more skin issues because we're having impaired digestion, we're having impaired detox processes. And then, yeah, we see acne showing up. So definitely a connection with those two birth control as well. You know, it alters the gut microbiome. So that can also definitely play a role. Yeah. I think it just shows really how multifaceted acne can be. Like it's really not just the skin coming back to like the gut and skin are so connected it could be like an internal, and most times it is like an internal gut issue that's kind of aggravating the skin. And then we're trying these interventions to like help and then actually making things like kind of making that journey even further for us. Now we have to like do a lot more to kind of like get on the other side of it. Totally. I think one thing you touched on that we should just review, it's so important is not having digestive issues. So thinking that your gut is totally Mm -hmm. fine. So this is such a common misconception. I think when people hear gut health, they're like, as long as I'm pooping and I'm not bloated, I'm feeling good. Right. And my gut health is in check, but your gut health goes way beyond that. It contributes to the health of your brain, like your mood, um, your sleep, your hormones, obviously your digestion, overall inflammation, your immune system. So you can definitely have healthy digestion or feel like your digestion is fine and still have a gut issue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And oftentimes like acne is not really happening on its own. Like it's have, it's alongside like bloating or indigestion or heartburn Mm -hmm. or acid reflux. Um, Or even sometimes I feel like for a lot of the people in my practice too, like they're kind of fluctuating between like diarrhea or constipation like it's not really like consistent you're kind of just like flip-flopping um Mm -hmm. and so if someone is listening to this and they feel like their skin might be connected to their gut where is a good place to start it's very tricky to answer this question i think because everyone is so unique and when we talk about gut health sometimes it can be you know consider this blanket term where it's like eat fermented foods, take probiotics and your gut health is good. But everyone's gut microbiome is so different and our gut microbiomes actually shift about every six months. So it's really hard to know where we should start. But I think baseline for anyone when you're, when it comes to just supporting a healthy gut in general is managing stress, super, Mm -hmm. super important. So eating mindfully is huge, right? Because if we're stressed when we're eating, that slows down our digestion, which can then impact the gut. Mm -hmm. Also just the basics, like, are you hydrated? Are you getting fresh sunshine? Are you moving your body? Are you sleeping enough? Are you actually eating enough food throughout the day? Those are all really, really important. Fiber is also king. So (laughs) I will say to anyone, if you can do one single thing for your health and one single thing for your microbiome, it's to eat more fiber specifically eat more plant foods, get more variety. It's not saying that these are replacing other things like animal products, but we have to make sure that we're eating enough fiber because fiber is what feeds our healthy bacteria, which then support hormone production, nutrient absorption, immune system regulation, things like that. So I always say to all my clients, work up to 30 plants a week if you can. So that's fruits, vegetables, nuts, 
seeds, um, even whole grains, those all count as plant foods and try to get six cups a day of plant foods. That's going to give you that fiber that you need to feed a healthy microbiome. And usually we have to work up to that, but I think those are some great kind of starting points for anybody. Yeah. I feel like that's a good goal. Did you say 30, 30 plants a week? Which you think is hard, but honestly, it's probably, you probably eat that in like two days. Okay. You're making a salad. It's like, you're getting already so many plants and then like a smoothie. Like I honestly, I've gotten my clients to challenge themselves. I'm like, keep track. And usually by day three, they're getting all of them. So it's not as daunting as you think. You just want to make sure you're getting different plants, like 30 individual plants every week. Yeah. And I know you said something that kind of stood out to me. You said that your gut health is changing like every six months, Mm -hmm. like your gut microbiome. I remember you saying that to me when we were reviewing, I had done a GI map test and we were reviewing it together. And I think it was like maybe like from three months earlier. And I remember you saying like, yeah, like we can still kind of like work with this, but obviously like only for like a kind of a short period of time. Yeah. So the gut microbiome is constantly shifting. And I think the main reason for that is it's impacted by so many different factors. Like what's going on in our gut is affected by our environment. So things that we're ingesting through the environment, the foods that we're eating, stress, our digestion, sleep, all of these things impact the microbiome. And for most people, these things are constantly changing right? We're not just doing the exact same thing every day for six months, Mm -hmm. probably traveling, we're eating different foods, we're exposed to different stressors. So the gut changes all the time. And yeah, when I'm looking at GI map tests, typically if they're not within the last six months, they're not going to be very accurate because there's so many external factors that could alter the results or change what's going on. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And the other thing you mentioned too was just, I feel like you know, when you're first getting into like gut health, let's say, you know, we think, okay, we just need to be eating fermented foods and like taking a probiotic every day. Um, I see this a lot too. And sometimes, and I feel like you're the perfect person to ask this question too. Sometimes I feel like probiotics can like maybe not be the best fit. Um, especially if you already are symptomatic and like have acne and have digestive issues. Um, can you maybe help simplify probiotics? Cause I feel like it can be really confusing. Yes. So in theory, probiotics are good. Like, yes, mm-hmm. we want healthy bacteria in our microbiome. When I talk about the microbiome, I'm talking about this huge, you know, colony of bacteria that exists in the gut, basically in the intestines. And ideally we want 85% of all the bacteria in our gut to be healthy probiotics. Right. Okay. But when you are symptomatic, like let's say you have IBS, you have digestive issues, you have skin flares, these types of things, typically that means that there's an imbalance going on in your gut right now. And so sometimes when we take probiotic supplements, it can almost be like throwing fuel on the fire. So it's not that the probiotics are bad. It's just that right now at this specific point in time, probiotics are not a good fit for you right? So SIBO is a really good example of this because SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, and this actually happens when bacteria translocates from the large intestine to the small intestine, and you end up having too much healthy bacteria. So it's actually dysbiosis, but it's caused by too many probiotics. So if we then take a probiotic supplement, you're definitely going to have diarrhea, more bloating, more skin issues. So I think 
that's where it's so important to get customized care and individualized care and work with someone who understands like, Hey, do you need a probiotic or is it going to make you feel worse? Right. Yeah. I think that was definitely my situation. And I feel like I am, this is like a while ago now, but I definitely had like SIBO symptoms and was like taking a probiotic and definitely made my acne like a lot worse, like at the beginning. Um, Well, the other thing with probiotics, I think a lot of people don't understand is that they're are like hundreds of different species of probiotics. Mm-hmm. And when you go to the store and you pick up a bottle of probiotics, you're probably getting four or five strains, but there are hundreds out there that you could possibly choose from. And we don't know exactly what's going on in your microbiome. So you might need one strain and not another strain. That's why I like to use the GI map test because it does give me an idea of you know which probiotics would be the most helpful which ones we need to work on increasing, which ones need to be decreased, whether probiotic can even be helpful to begin with. Um, But yeah, definitely some people will feel worse from probiotics. And that's not to say there isn't an adjustment period. Sometimes you just need a couple of days to adjust to the probiotics. But in general, if a probiotic makes you feel way worse and amplifies your symptoms, that's a sign that there's something deeper happening. Hmm. I know you touched a little bit on the GI map test. Um, for maybe anyone listening who doesn't know what the GI map test is, how can this be a helpful tool and who is the best fit for it? Yeah, the GI map test is incredible. Um, I use this with almost all of my clients, but basically it's a stool test. It's a functional stool test and it's looking at the overall balance within your microbiome. So it actually assesses things like pathogens. So those would be parasites, yeast, bacteria, um, that could be contributing to symptoms. It also looks at intestinal permeability. So obviously that's leaky gut. It's going to tell us what's going on there. It analyzes your actual digestive capacity. So remember we were talking about, you know, are you actually digesting your food and getting nutrients? It analyzes that it looks at things like digestive enzyme output and fat digestion, which gives us a huge clue as to what could be going on with the system. Mm -hmm. It also looks at our probiotic levels. So it could tell me, Hey, do you have enough probiotics? Do you have too little, too many? What's going on there? So it gives a lot of helpful information as to what's going on with the gut in general. Um, I think this test is very helpful for anyone who deals, of course, with digestive issues. So whether that's IBS, reflux, bloating, IBD, definitely we want to look at the GIMAP test. But it can also be amazing for skin issues because we know those are usually a reflection of what's going on in the gut. So I will often use the GI map if someone has eczema, psoriasis, acne, that kind of thing. Um, It's also very helpful for autoimmune conditions Mm -hmm. because we know autoimmunity also stems from the gut, any type of immune issue. It can be helpful for things like hair loss, brain fog, all of these symptoms that could be tied back to the gut. It's a good thing to consider. Yeah. I know doing the GI map test personally was like super insightful and going through it together was really, really helpful. Maybe we'll chat again and we can like go through it and people can like see a deeper dive if they're into it. Yes. Because it's so cool. It's honestly such a great test. So we can definitely do that. Amazing. So going back a little bit, you touched on this a little bit, but maybe explaining a little bit more, what is leaky gut and how does it contribute to that like systemic inflammation and acne? Yes. Okay. So good question. I'm going to try and simplify this because it can definitely be a little bit complicated, but 
basically when we're talking about the gut, we're talking about the intestines, right? And if you think about your intestines, like a long tube, the inside of that tube should have a lining, right? And in most people that would look like a lining or in everyone, it's going to be like tissue basically, right? And that lining is meant to be very, very robust and very strong. And the reason for that is because we want everything that's inside your gut or inside your intestines to be held in there really tightly. Obviously, we don't want things like bacteria and food and waste to be floating around in the body. We want it to be safely kept inside the gut, right? And so when we have something called leaky gut, it means that the lining of your intestine, that barrier becomes permeable. And when I mean, what I say permeable, what I mean is it basically gets holes in it. You can think of it like that. So all of a sudden the barrier, instead of being really tight and really strong, it starts to pull apart. It starts to get holes in it. And then all of the things that are inside the gut actually start to leak into the body. Right. And you can imagine things that are in your gut are bacteria, waste products, undigested food particles, We don't really want those to be in the body because of course they're going to cause inflammation, right? Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is all of these things leak through the intestinal lining, they get into the bloodstream, and then your immune system will view these as invaders and it will Mm -hmm. start to attack basically. And what I mean by attack is it's going to release inflammatory proteins, right? Those inflammatory proteins are then going to cause systemic inflammation, which shows up as physiological symptoms like acne. What can also happen with leaky gut is once these things get into the bloodstream, they'll circulate in the body and they can lodge in different areas. So a lot of people with joint pain have leaky gut because all of these toxins and waste products are getting lodged in their joints and causing inflammation and then causing pain, right? Um, There's also, you know, a lot of research showing something called leaky brain where it's like the toxins are circulating in the body, they're making their way to the brain. And then all of a sudden we have brain fog, fatigue, things like that. So hopefully that helps to clarify leaky gut, but basically just think of it like instead of having this really strong barrier in your intestinal lining, it's inflamed, it's pulling apart and things are getting through and then that can lead to acne. Yeah. No, I feel like that is a really strong explanation. It's almost thinking of it like your gut is obviously inside your body, but it's almost like external. It's almost like separate. Yes. Like the gut needs to be contained. And if we, you know, don't have a strong barrier, all that junk inside your gut is getting into the body. Yeah. Leaky gut. I think a big thing as well is so many people hear, oh, leaky gut contributes to acne. I'm just going to try and heal my leaky gut. So they start drinking bone broth and taking glutamine Mm -hmm. and all this stuff. It's like, yes, that's helpful. But Leaky gut is not a root cause. Leaky gut is happening because there's something else going on. And so if we're not addressing that something else, those supplements aren't going to work, right? So I think that's the biggest thing that I teach all of my clients is like healing the lining of your gut is step two. Step one is addressing why the lining of the gut is so inflamed in the first place and so leaky. Yeah. And that's when like working with someone like yourself or, and like doing the GI map test can be so helpful. Um, yeah. Well, the GI map test, you know, you can add on something called zonulin. Zonulin is a marker of intestinal permeability. So it can tell us on a scale, how leaky is the gut, right? Mm-hmm. And that can really help to, you know, dictate how we're going to approach the situation. 
Yeah. Another thing with leaky gut too is, you know, we do have these finger-like projections along the lining of our gut that help us absorb nutrients. And so the gut lining is leaky or it's inflamed or impaired, then those projections are flattened. And then all of a sudden we have less nutrient absorption and then we don't have the nutrients we need to help with our skin. And that can also contribute to acne. Yeah. And I always like to remind everyone too, that like your skin is usually like one of the last things to like get, like, it's not really like high on the priority list in terms of like survival. (laughs) There's lots of other like processes and systems that need those like minerals and nutrients. So like oftentimes it's like the last thing. Last priority. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Another condition that overlaps a lot with acne, and I think you see it a lot in your practice, is candida. Um, I see this especially, you know, coming back to one of the first kind of lines of treatment for acne is antibiotics. And it's typically given to like teenagers, even like in your 20s. Um, And it's usually like long-term antibiotic use. Like you're not just staying on antibiotics for like one week it's like you're usually staying on it as like an acne treatment so like it's like months and months I know personally I was on antibiotics for like years in high school for acne um what are some top red flags that you see for candida um maybe someone already knows they have candida and maybe where should they focus on candida is a really tricky one because I think it can absolutely contribute to skin issues. I see this all the time and it can cause a lot of other symptoms, but candida is never present in isolation. Like never. Mm-hmm. I've literally never seen someone where it's just candida. There's usually a lot of other things happening. And so we need to be very mindful of that when we're talking about how do we approach this, right? And mm-hmm. I think the standard treatment for candida is like do the candida diet, take antifungals. But if there's all these other things in the mix, sometimes that can actually make things worse. So first I'll answer, we're asking about the red flags for candida. There are a lot of symptoms of candida, but I think some of the biggest ones are any type of skin rash. So things like eczema, acne, psoriasis, fungal issues, those are huge. Oral thrush on the tongue is a very big indication that there might be yeast in the body. Fungal toenails are huge. Athlete's foot, yeast infections, UTIs, especially if they're recurring, sugar cravings. If you live for mm-hmm. sugar and crave sugar and can't survive without it, that's also a big sign that yeast could be happening. Um, also digestive issues like candida can really contribute to IBS type symptoms. So we'd want to be thinking about that as well. Um, but those are definitely some of the hallmark symptoms that I look at mm-hmm. again with candida. It's very hard to know just on symptoms because symptoms can be overlapping. So yeah. you always want to make sure you're considering like what's the big picture. But I think those are some of the biggest ones for sure. Yeah. And you brought up a good point. I think even in my GI map test, we were thinking about it. And I think like Candida came back, but also like H. pylori and then also a parasite. And then also like it was a lot. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah, there's usually a lot of things going on. The good news is that typically you can address most of these things together. So we don't like isolated protocols over a two-year period. Typically we can do kind of a catch-all and work on getting rid of everything. But Mm. yes, candida is typically a co-infection. H. pylori and candida are often, you know, closely connected. So that's a big one. Um, But yeah, I think back to the antibiotic thing, it is unfortunate. Like so many people are put on antibiotics for acne and I totally get it because when your skin is broken out, 
is visible. Everyone can see it. It's very, very hard to conceal that, right? Yeah. Whereas something like diarrhea, no one can see the diarrhea, right? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes like I also dealt with acne. It's like, I would do anything. Someone said, Hey, take this and it's going to clear up your skin. Like I'm there. Right. Yeah. So it's hard. Whereas trying to cure acne from the inside out takes a little bit longer, mm-hmm. but with antibiotics, they lead to candida overgrowth, which then makes things worse in the long run. So mm-hmm. definitely very tricky. I know it is tricky. Um, but that you brought up a good point. Um, is that like, there is that like feeling of like desperation when it's your skin and like so many times you're just like, for sure, I'll just do whatever to make it better. <laughs> totally. Um, I did mention parasites a little bit. I think I see parasites, like especially products being like more and more common and marketed like all the time. Um, how common are parasites and do you see this as a common symptom or sorry, do you see acne as a common symptom as a parasite infection? Parasites are common. Like Mm -hmm. I think that probably 70%, if not more of the population is harboring some type of parasite, Mm -hmm. but I think where people get confused is that parasites can be symbiotic. They are not always going to be a problem. And I think we've had this obsession with cleansing where it's like, let's just get rid of everything, get rid of everything, get rid of everything. But that can actually do more harm than good because we've been coexisting with parasites for so many years, right? And there are many different types of parasites and not all of them are going to be causing these crazy symptoms. So I think recognizing like, yes, if you do have a parasite, what type of parasite is it? Is it actually causing digestive issues? Is it causing skin issues? In that case, yes, let's take some products to try and get rid of it. But sometimes it might not be harmful, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's where you have to be a little bit careful um, because a lot of these products that get rid of parasites are also going to wipe out your microbiome, like completely Mm -hmm. wipe it out, right? And that means taking out your good bacteria, like your probiotics. When we do that, we're then susceptible to more infections, including things like candida, right? So it's a very tricky process. And I think definitely anyone listening out there, do not jump on the parasite cleanse train because you saw it on TikTok. Not a good idea. (laughs) Definitely not a good idea. I will say I do see a big connection with parasites and skin issues, but more so than acne, I typically see skin rashes showing Mm. up parasites so whether that's eczema or like little red bumps um that kind of thing is something I would see more I would say okay yeah I feel like that is a good little like thing to just like just because like you know you can get supplements are accessible which is great um hopefully they will continue to be accessible um but just knowing that um they are strong and they are like, you know, you shouldn't just be like taking them without fully understanding the full um, idea. (laughs) Yes, definitely. And the other thing is, you know, when I work with clients and we're doing a parasite cleanse or any type of cleanse, we have a whole workup to even get to the point where we can take those supplements Mm -hmm. because they're so strong. And sometimes what happens is if you have acne or you have a skin condition and then you decide, oh, tomorrow morning, I'm going to start a parasite cleanse. What ends up happening is you kill too much stuff at once in your gut. And if you have leaky gut, 
all of those toxins start flooding your system and your skin will actually get worse. So you have to be very, very mindful of the order in which you do things, making sure that your body is ready to take something on like that. Remember cleansing parasites also has a huge toll on the liver. If your liver is sluggish for any reason, let's say Accutane, antibiotics, whatever it is, it's not a great idea, right? So there's definitely a process to follow and just being very mindful of that because you could make the situation much worse. Yeah. And I know from working with you, Em, you make the process like very understandable and you line everything out in like such a actionable way that makes it like super easy to follow. So thank you. Um, if somebody has tried a lot of these, let's say like foundational practices and like rituals, and they feel like they're doing a lot of the right things, but they're not really seeing the results. Where do you maybe recommend or where have you seen the most success? I think it's challenging because with the internet available to us, there's so much information and sometimes it can be information overload. And even though there are all these things that are considered really healthy or the right thing, they might not be the right thing for you, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's health is so unique. So even though, yes, you know, drinking bone broth is great. Taking probiotics are great. Eating fermented foods, eating fiber, apple cider vinegar shots, all these things in theory are amazing for your health. We need to know what's actually going on with you specifically to figure out, okay, what are the things that are going to make a difference for you? right? Mm -hmm. So I actually see this a lot where people say, oh, I've tried absolutely everything under the sun. And my first questions are, okay, who told you to try those things, right? Like, where did we get that information from? How long did you try each thing? Like, did we give it a fair chance? And are we actually doing too much? Because sometimes we can be doing too many things at once. Like we're, I see clients who have 30 different things in their wellness ritual, right? Or their wellness routine. And maybe we actually only need three or four. So I think where to start is simplifying is very, very important. Focusing on nutrition, like just look at the actual foods you're eating. That's way more important than anything else, right? And those basics like sunlight, exercise, sleep, those kind of things, movement. And then if you feel like I'm struggling, I just want answers, I need some guidance, then it would be like working with someone like you or I, considering mm-hmm. doing a functional lab test. I think those things can all be really helpful. Yeah. I think that's such a good answer also like can really help like kind of like calm you down, ground you down if you feel like you're on a bit of a runaway train (laughs) just to kind of like take a step back and think about are you doing the right things that feel good for you? Mm -hmm. And not doing too much. Not doing too much. Yeah. I feel like I'm guilty of that. I feel like, oh my gosh, I can like get on a track of just doing everything at once and wanting (laughs) to throw everything on it. Well, I think it's especially hard for us because we have so much knowledge, right? And we're exposed to it all the time. So like you hear about a new thing, you obviously want to do it, right? So next thing you know, your whole day is just revolving around taking care of yourself, which is great, but it definitely can be too much. And I am also guilty of that as well. It's tricky. Yeah. Um, What is something that you might tell your younger self as the wise Emily you are now? Oh my gosh. That's such a good question. I think number one, actually, now that I think about this, the biggest thing I would tell myself is that your body needs to feel safe in order to heal. And I think that's something that a lot of us don't realize is that 
we get so obsessive or so stressed about all of our individual symptoms that we actually don't give our body the space that it needs to heal. And I remember for me, one of the biggest things that contributed to my MES looking back was I was so stressed out all the time. I was chronically stressed. And even though I was taking supplements and exercising and eating healthy food, I was super stressed and my body did not feel safe. It wasn't in that rest and digest mode. It was in fight or flight constantly. And so I think telling myself like, hey, your body needs to feel safe. It needs to relax. And that's when the true healing happens. You can't out supplement a stress li- stressed out lifestyle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's a really big one because your body, it wants to heal itself. Like that's what it wants to do. It's just that we need to give it the space to do that. I think that's a big one. And also patience, healing the body naturally doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, right? Healing isn't linear. So I think telling my younger self that it might take a little bit more time than mm. a medication, right? But it is worth it. Yeah. Those are so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And um, where can people find and connect with you? So I am on Instagram. Um, my Instagram is eating with Emily double underscore. And then I also have a website, which is Emily Dawson So you can connect with me there. And yeah, of course on the podcast. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to link both of those. So um, people can connect with you and thank you so much for coming on today. Em. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Amazing. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to know more about clearing acne holistically, then head on over to carolynhale.com. And if you really enjoyed the episode, I'd love for you to share it with a friend or leave a rating and review. As an acne nutritionist, creating space for you to feel seen and understood on this wild skin journey is my passion. If there is one thing I know from supporting clients worldwide is that you are not alone in your skin struggles. Tune in each week and together we will explore not only how to clear acne, but completely transform the way you think and feel about your skin. It's the perfect time for you to clear acne, reclaim self-love, and thrive. Until next time, I am wishing you glowing skin from within.